Hello and welcome to The Fandamentalist, the fandom podcast investigating all aspects of geeky media. Oh no, this is all my fault. There's something else at the core of my unhappiness that that I didn't realize. When did that become a bad thing? I'm not dead. It seems I'm the only one with a mind of my own. Go, go. I would not wish you back again. I am not going to dump another thousand-year-old complex on you or anybody else. Welcome to the I Disappoint Dad Club. The theme song you just heard is Good Riddance by R. Sonner, available for you on the Free Music Archive. My name is Kylie, and here with me today are Julia. Hello! Gretchen. What up? And coming back to be with us again, it's the programming chair of TGI Feb slash Leah. Hi! I'm, I'm so thrown by the fact that they didn't do their customary hi and hello! I don't... Wh- I what know. show am I on? This is... We we record so infrequently now that <laughs> yeah, they've forgotten their hellos. We have. I didn't even know there was a pattern. <laughs> oh, you you guys say hi and hello the same way every single time. Yeah, you do. It's true. It's very um, consistent. Okay. So who are we? Well, uh, <laughs> the three of us minus Leah write for thefundamentals.com, the website for fundamentally sound fandom analysis so it's a lot of analysis of game of thrones specifically (laughs) hey are you not happy with this new season well you might be a good company because we've literally never been happy with it so (laughs) welcome to welcome to the club (laughs) so check out the fundamentals.com that's also where we host our other podcast for game of thrones only myself and julia and that is unabashed book snobbery it's it's in the title if you like the very fine work that we do on the fundamentals, you might want to consider subscribing to us for three dollars a month. You know what else you can get for three dollars a month is a latte. So <laughs> forgo one of those and you can become an FM Plus member. There's a little button on the homepage that you can go to, giving you access to all sorts of fundamentals exclusives, such as a store discount and podcasts that only you get access to. Live hangouts where you can ask us questions and totally hang out. <laughs> and essays and junk. See, Kylie, I'm kind of disappointed because there's a good pun in there that you missed. Oh no! It was what like was it? you could get a latte, or you could get a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, I was waiting for that too. Hey, yeah. I right. think Kylie's a little more sophisticated. I wonder. I wonder who has the domain name I told you so dot com because like, <laughs> <laughs> that would be brilliant. <laughs> Hey, so we need to address an elephant in the room, which is that this podcast went from being bi-weekly to a pop-up podcast. It's just, that's what it is now. Uh, Mad sorry, we have a lot of adulting things that have been happening. Life life has been a bit much. It's been a bit chaotic neutral. Yeah. (laughs) Like you're on? (laughs) Wow. Don't go there, please. Oh, my God. This is not the show for that. <laughs> not the podcast for that. This is the podcast, however, for us to continue our dialogue about the Marvel event comic movie, uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Are, are, is the duology called anything specifically? The Thanos duology? It's not. The entire, the first several phases are now the Infinity Saga. But gotcha. oh, specific, okay. the specific duology, stuff. because it was interrupted by Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel, they're technically not back-to-back, so... Yeah. Dude, uh... what was Ant-Man and the Wasp? Every time I think back on it, I'm like, what? 
There yeah. was no. I like. I, no, I had like I completely forgotten about what happened in that movie, and I was just like, "Why is Ant Man in a van?" I like had totally <laughs> forgotten. It was more just like, "Why isn't this Wasps movie?" Yeah, well, that too. I, listen, I, I do. I my personal theory is that you know we had Ant Man, and then we have Ant Man and the Wasp, and the third one is just going to be the Wasp, and then we'll just keep we'll just keep adding ands and then cutting people <laughs> off, and I'll just oh, yeah, just a okay. chain. Yeah, well, eventually Cassie is going to get a suit, right? Yeah, well, yes, that is something I I want to discuss when we discuss the Wibbly Wobblies. But that's we later. oh we will. So yes, as, as Leah said, we are going to be jumping into all sorts of a discussion about this about Endgame later, and it will be a full spoiler discussion. Uh, but I guess it's been out for three weeks by now, maybe even four by the time I get this podcast edited. So. <laughs> Comes with the territory. We will also do a fun segment where uh, Benioff and Weiss, the auspicious showrunners for Game of Thrones, are going to write the ending of the new Star Wars trilogy, Rise of Skywalker. That's not really what's (laughs) going to happen, but we're going to have them do it because, boy, do we love how they conclude a long story. (laughs) Right. They write such good endings, guys. Yeah. So meaningful. However, first, we've got some fandom news. and, And actually... Very much on theme to what I was just saying. It was announced today, and I don't know when that is when you guys are listening to it, sorry, uh, that Benioff and Weiss will officially write the next Star Wars movie. Uh, it's going to follow the new trilogy and come out in 2022. Not that it follows it uh, canonically. I just mean it is the literal next Star Wars movie we're going to get, the next taste, and it's coming from David Benioff and Dan Weiss. <sighs> I mean, they're not even going to have like Solo 2 or anything like that. I still think there's a version of this, depending on what area of Star Wars they choose to focus on, that could at least play to their, dare I call them, strengths. Like, if they want to do a deep... maybe. Right, like, if they want to do a deep dive on, like, old-timey classic Jedi and how fucked up they were, there's not a lot of damage they could do there, because, like, we all know the Jedi were fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. A lot of people on the internet seem to think that the Jedi were A-OK and what the hell is Luke doing? So, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm like, Everyone's have they ever played a Toaster game? Star Wars fandom. <laughs> I, I actually kind of uh, trust the Disney overlords to slap them down if it gets too out of control. Like, I really do. Right. What, I like agree. they slapped them down in the solo movie? Yeah, like when they, and then they threw the actor under the bus. Like, yeah, he needed an acting coach. That's why this movie's bad. You're like, uh, might have been the script. Anyway, speaking of Disney overlords, uh, Hulu <sighs> is now theirs. I mean, like, this is kind of good news because there was talk of like a separate Disney streaming service, which would be another annoying thing we'd have to Oh no, Disney to. Plus is still, Disney Plus is still happening. Yeah. Wait, what? So you're not going to put all the Disney movies on Hulu now? That's not the plan? No, that is not the plan. No, what what they did in doing this is they are they bought, you know, things like uh, uh, Handmaid's Tale. Disney yeah. now owns Hulu original property and the things that stream on Hulu, but they are still fully planning on moving forward with Disney Plus, their own, their own unique, exclusive streaming service. Okay, there. so I guess I'm going to have to go back to torrenting Disney movies. Good job, Disney. Right. <laughs> well, it just, it just means that now they have another way to take our money. Yeah. Really yeah, exactly. There's actually a conspiracy theory that Game of Thrones is tanking on purpose because Benioff and Weiss struck a deal with HBO to make 
no, no, with with Disney, I'm sorry, to make HBO look bad so that people would be what? more inclined to go towards the Disney Plus service. Because when Disney was talking about the Disney Plus service, they're like, it's going to have more adult program like The Handmaid's Tale. So it's like, oh, let's shit on HBO on the way out and then people will trust Disney Plus more. I mean, this season is so incompetent that I'm like willing to believe that if you project with actual evidence. Actually, <laughs> like, that's yeah. not outside the realm of possibility of my shot, brain like- right now. But wasn't all this shot like three years ago or something? Like two years ago, yeah. I mean, yeah. y- yes. I, I remember like... saying that when uh, Maisie Williams filmed that nude scene of her, she was 20 and she's 22 now. So figure that yeah. out. Right. Oh, for <sighs> fuck's sake. And, yeah. and I will say, like, I was hesitant to talk about this for fandom news, but honestly, what is dominating the fandom space right now is the ending of Game of Thrones and how dissatisfied everyone is. Like, yeah. 100%, that's the dialogue. When we're recording this right now, we have watched the second to last episode, The Bells, but we have not yet watched the to-be-named finale, which we all know is going to be a dream, dream of spring. spring. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. By the time you're listening to it, it's probably completely concluded, and based on the spoilers... We're not going to be any happier. (laughs) No, No, that's an understatement. I mean, I can't wait for half an hour of John crying. It's going to be so great. In the books, the fact that Danny is going to be a Sith Lord is pretty obvious. Is the (laughs) because like she and Darth Vader have the same exact backstory, which is I'm going to become a fascist, so no more slavery. Like it's pretty. (laughs) It's pretty linear. Uh, Oh, when you put it like that. Let's talk about something happy. Uh, <laughs> this is a good transition. Mr. Ratburn got gay married. From Arthur. Mr. Mr. Ratburn from Arthur. My childhood. Right. You know Arthur the Aardvark. Yep. Yeah, his, his school teacher. And this just happened? Yeah, yeah. No, he married his boyfriend who owns a chocolate shop. Oh. Of course he does. Yeah. Because he likes cake so much. That's like a running... Yeah, oh. that is a oh. cake. Yeah. yeah, and the Brains family owns like a ice cream shop, right? I so I wonder, I wonder if there's competition between the Brains ice cream parlor and the cake shop. Maybe they supply it. Maybe it's a maybe it's in fact a relationship. <laughs> oh my gosh! Also, good news: it was announced that Shira season three is going to come out August second. <gasps> I guess I still haven't watched six- season two because I'm horrible. It's um, I have. I haven't watched it either, Julia. Well, it's, it's I'm way really, behind. It's really, like, season two and season three are essentially the same season. They yeah. just cut uh, it down the middle. So, like... It feels uh, incomplete right now. Yeah. it Yeah, it's very much kind of left... There are no complete character arcs yet in season two. It's kind of yeah. waiting for season three to sort of And feel. I think it was only... Wasn't it seven episodes anyway? Yeah, so, it was, like, yeah it was, exactly. Yeah. Oh. They, like, they got it. it. So That's odd. You <laughs> might okay. find it frustrating to that... But, like, the characters are still completely spot on, and their personalities are great, and the humor is great, so... Oh, yeah. I, I can only say nice things about it. However, we now have a full-blown ship war in the fandom. Stop it, everyone. Just... Oh, my gosh. Wait, Calm wait, down. Wait, who is the ship war? I haven't the limit- seen this. No, no spoilers. Is... I haven't seen it. Okay. It's, it's okay. not I'm spoiling guessing Catra is on there. There's, <laughs> there's been no... De- yeah, it's not new development. It's just Glimidora yeah. versus Catradora. It's but funny like- because all I'd seen, but then granted this was before season two came out, was I saw a lot of really adorable sort of positive posts about like, you know, like the, the clasping arms meme. And mm-hmm, it was right. like Glimidora shippers on the one side and Catradora shippers on the other. And it was like love and respect was in the middle. Like, yeah, granted, well, that- I follow a lot of like, you know. 
hippie Positive. nerds. But yes. Yeah, so, yes. so that was a lie, and things have evolved a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh! But right. it's, honestly, it I totally mean, just depends who you follow. I guess it's cool that they're all gay ships. <laughs> well, well, I mean, there's yeah. there's very few dudes on the show. So. Yeah, the one straight ship is Mermista and uh, Seahawk. Yeah, we're which like neither of them are straight. So like, right, right. Yeah. Also I, true. He actually has like a little mini episode where he's like, "I don't know that my girlfriend likes me that much." So. <laughs> uh, we had a shitload of teaser trailers drop, including I didn't know this was being made until now. Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Is that really what it's called? Yeah, well, that's, that's what, what they called. call her in uh, Sleeping Beauty. It is, I know. But still, that just sounds really dumb. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a dumb name. I mean, it depends what they do with it. It just always reminds me of every villain's is lemons. <laughs> that's that's still my evil association. I just really wanted to have. I, I don't know. I don't know where they can go from here. I mean, because no, you first. I just, like, they, they already retold the Sleeping Beauty story and subverted it, which mm-hmm. I loved. Maleficent is my favorite of yeah, the Disney good. remakes because they actually just redid the story, like, told a different story with the same characters. I don't really know what comes next other than, like, ha, 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 you thought she was a protagonist, but now she's going to be evil in the sequel, but evil in a diff- totally different story. Like, well, I don't I, I think I, I think really the understand. premise is supposed to be that, like, Aurora's going to be queen now. And so, like, okay. but yeah, okay. I, but that's the thing. At least I like the fact that they are doubling down on creating new content instead of yes. like yet another remake of, you know, exactly just the this same literally one to one correlation of, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you like Aladdin? Here's some more Aladdin that's just Aladdin. Uh, here's <laughs> the same movie. And more gold filigree. Yes. I mean, you can never have too much gold filigree. Oh, no, uh, the true, but, like... <laughs> when does Lion King with the depressed-looking lions come out? I don't know. I saw Soon? I saw a trailer for it uh, when we, I went to see Endgame, so... Yes, yep, so speaking, did I. Speaking of trailers, there have been a few trailers to come out. First of all, the Party of Five remake that everyone asked for, uh, that trailer was released. <laughs> Is Jack okay. from Lost going to be in it? I don't think so. Aww. I don't think... Who's the other one? Jennifer Love Hewitt? Yes. I don't think she'll be in it either. Uh, Spider-Man, for them. Spider-Man Far From Home had its official people trailer were released. Complaining, people were complaining that the teaser trailer uh, spoiled that game. Is what? that what I saw yeah. on the internet? Well, I mean, the, teaser... the existence existence of the movie spoiled that game series. Uh, right. Uh, surely. Yeah, so that comes from people who don't know what a spoiler is. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, I mean, it's just like the existence of Black Panther 2. Yeah. Spoiled right, exactly. Endgame. Like... <laughs> Right, yeah. Did, like, did like anyone, anyone really thought that? Did, right? Did anyone really think that Peter Parker was going to be dead by the end of Endgame? Like, did anyone really actually believe that he was going to stay dead? Marvel just decided I'm to kill sure off half did. their most profitable characters. Right? Yeah. Why not? But then again, you know, Nat has a movie coming out, and she's dead. So maybe oh, so that's going to be like a prequel. I mean, we did we warn. Do that we, you warned at the beginning. You I did warn. I did. Yeah. I was kidding. Uh, there I was mean, Captain a- Marvel was a prequel, so they're allowed to do that now. <laughs> we also Hooray. got an official teaser for Batwoman on the CW. It was basically just a look at her costume. Yeah, and it-, it was just me, Edna Mode, in my head going, no capes! It's <laughs> <laughs> just a lot of cape. Like, it more cape than cape. there should be. It was very. It was a very flappy cape. <laughs> yeah, like... 
There's something about it. Uh, and then the internet also shit itself a couple weeks ago about Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh my I God. have not seen this. <laughs> the trailer came out and Sonic looked so bad horrible <laughs> like it like it's like horror like nightmare fueled it's terrible it's it was awful. the height it was the height that got me they made him like tall and lanky and that looks like a small head but still the like blue spikes. right like they they clearly wanted to give him a runner's physique which like i guess hypothetically makes sense but like uh-huh. in practice is the but scariest also, thing i've he's a ever hedgehog seen. right What's what's that meme of the like really like crazed looking fox puppet like just the very <laughs> overly tired like what is this fox puppet that looks like it's been chain smoking for twenty years that's kind of what that's kind of what <laughs> Sonic looked like and it was actually so bad that they decided to remake it they're like oh we're just gonna like redo all the CGI real fast sorry you hated it oh my <laughs> gosh um. A final bit of news to close this out, and I'm sorry we're a little long on the segment because we always are. But did anyone see Detective Pikachu? Because that is in theaters and apparently adorable. Um, apparently, not. no one's seen it, so <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. It see looks it. kind of good, though. I, I, the I don't BBC know. gave it a bad review. So. I think the visuals look really interesting. Like, I like the texturing of the Pokemon. I like that they look real. Um, like they look like actual animals, but yeah. I. I don't know. I just, I would have a hard time watching it because I would be thinking the whole time, like, oh, right, Deadpool decided on for shits that he wanted to voice <laughs> Pikachu in a movie. I mean, that's something Deadpool would do. Right, which is exactly something Deadpool would do, and I wouldn't be able to take it really all that seriously because yeah. I would just be thinking that the whole time. I don't know. Like, watching Into the Spider-Verse, I was very aware it was Jake Johnson the whole time, but it was still, like, you, you get lost in it. He, you, I think a good voice actor can pull it off. Yeah. And that's just fucking hilarious. But too. it's also it's not as though it's not as though that Peter Parker weren't not sort of riding that vibe of True. I'm that mm. guy from New Girl. I don't know how life works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you've seen Detective Pikachu, let us know your thoughts. But we have to transition and talk about the movie that everyone did see in the theaters, and I mean everyone. season ever so in this first section we kind of broke this up into we're going to talk about plot and then after our fun segment we're going to talk about characters so plot can i just say that three hours is really long for a movie like really long Um, for a movie you could say it but i'm gonna disagree with you i mean like they should bring back intermissions (laughs) i agree with that yeah that, it was, there were, like, children. <laughs> children have small bladders. I'm pretty sure intermissions for movies are standard in Israel. Like, I'm pretty yeah. sure they do that at theaters. I think, like, with a movie that's this long, you really need one. I agree. Yeah. But I disagree that a movie should be shorter. Like, to yeah, me, I I, I... I think that this movie in particular was as long as it needed to be. Oh, I thought uh, it was too long. Okay. It felt a little rushed in some ways to me. I, honestly, I'm usually not engaged. I only peed once during this movie, which is a testament to how much I wanted to sit and watch it, I guess. But I, I don't know. I like longer movies because, to me, you just can't really develop things very well in two yeah, hours. You need that that's, extra hour. That's why I'm, we stand for television so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm also the person who like didn't leave my seat for the three and a half hours of Return of the King's uh, theatrical cut. Because that's what I'll do. 
So I'm, I'm all for an ordained intermission, though. Let everyone yeah. get up together. Uh, not every movie's going to have a Rathtar sequence in it. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. Because I asked beforehand, I'd like messaged you and Julian were like, any advice on bathroom breaks? And I gave you I got, one. Which yeah. one did you give me? Well, I gave you one. It was a little towards the start. It was maybe an hour into it when they first are like, when Ant-Man first says, I think time travel might be possible. And they're like, well, damn, let's oh. go to Tony Stark. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get up because this is just going to be a conversation. Like, can it happen? And he's going to be like, no, oh, no, right. Tony Stark. <laughs> right, right, right. I didn't actually get up and go to the bathroom the whole time. Yeah, I, 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 no, I steel bladdered it. The whole yeah. way through. Yeah. I always go, like, during the previews, I always go. Like, to me, a shorter movie, so. at, the three hours went faster than any 50-minute episode of Game of Thrones. Well, that, <laughs> that's true. That's definitely true. how time passes when things happen instead of <laughs> long, lingering shots of walking slowly across a courtyard but yet, like <laughs> staring out a window. A lot of things happen. And, like, you do have a point, Leah, about, like, it, it is as long as it had to be. Like, there wasn't much, like, wasted time. But, like... I don't like it's kind of too much to happen in one movie almost like <laughs> And think that was my yeah that was my thinking was well and part of it too is I'm not super invested in the MCU so there were a lot of scenes that to me felt really extraneous but probably don't for people who are invested in the franchise I was just like I don't understand why this is happening I feel like this <laughs> is like a wasted conversation or I don't really care about these people talking or they're just – it felt like there was too much for me to stay fully invested in. Um, mm-hmm. But like that – like I said, that's because I'm not, you know, I'm not an MCU person. And that's probably a significant reason why like a ha- an hour and a half in, I was like, they should be gearing up for the climax now, right? <laughs> and I was like, nope, that's not happening. Yeah. Um, um- the thing that I noticed is, like, how much stuff I forget from all these movies. Like, I was, like, racking my brain at one point trying to figure out, like, the provenance of the Tesseract. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, so, like, just, like, what movie did it first come in? Like, where was it? When was it a cube? When did they, like, smash the cube? Like, there's another one on the staff thing, right? And, like, uh, Natalie Portman had one in her. What? I don't remember that. All I remember from that movie is the squeaky boots. <laughs> I embarked on a... Uh- my roommate and I did a massive MCU rewatch over the course of April leading up to it. So like, and like a deep dive, like we didn't skip any. I finally watched Incredible Hulk. Don't, it's the worst movie. It's the worst. Oh, Oh, I watched it for my, uh, my MCU catch up back in the early, early days of the website. It's horrifyingly bad. Like what's strange about it is that it's, it's bad in the way that most MCU movies, even the ones that people don't like, are not bad. Like, it's bad like a 2004 Daredevil bad. Anyway, not the point. Yeah, yeah so all of that <laughs> stuff. Wasn't there this the whole thing about like, him getting his blood into, like, some pop from Brazil or something? Was that well, the thing is that part never comes up again. That, that is the thing that happens, but the thing is his pop then just, sorry, his, his soda, uh, then just kills the Stan Lee character and never comes up again. That's it. It's a it's a joke. Oh. 
Okay. Anyway, yeah, that is I that is not the point. I recall that movie. Okay. Well, so um, did this land for you really well then? Because so much of the movie involved kind of revisiting aspects of yeah. past Marvel films. Yeah, and so like a lot of it, especially the the Nebula and Gamora stuff, was much more fresh for me than it would have been otherwise. And so that part, those parts really resonated. Um, the Kree yeah. stuff really resonated. Uh, yeah. But then, you know, character arc wise, which we'll discuss later, there are some things that did not resonate. <laughs> um, but I, I was, it had a lot of work to do, right? In order mm, to, to do much. that Game of Thrones thing of finally bridging all of these stories that had been separate. Uh, I think it's pretty ironic that these two things are coming out at the same time because they, they sort of have very similar storytelling provinces. Uh, mm. I would say they also have similar storytelling problems, but oh, Endgame, sure. Endgame is the far more competent piece yeah. of media. Well, it's also, you know, Endgame chose to do what George didn't, was, which was do the five-year jump. Yeah. <laughs> which George I appreciated. Martin. I actually liked that. Yes, George R.R. Martin, Julia. Yeah. She, doesn't, she doesn't like what we call, call oh, him George. Like George our, from down my, the block. My good personal friend, George. Right. Yeah. yeah, calling actors by their first names, it's like, I kind of like twitch every time someone does it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. I will say, like, just thinking about how much ground they had to cover, like, the ending when Steve has to put everything back, that happens off screen, and that's probably, like, the hardest movie. Right? Like, that's probably the most interesting part of this. How does he get the goo back in Jane? How does he do (laughs) it? How does he return the soul stone? (laughs) He just gives it to Red Skull. That must not have been awkward at all. Why is Red Skull guarding? Why is Red Skull guarding the Soul Stone? I'm still not clear we about that. We asked this last time. There's uh, no answer, Julia. When, when, he, when he is killed at the end of First Avenger, what happens uh-huh. is that the, the Tesseract, the QB thing, right, gets oh, activated. Oh, the First Avenger. Yeah, and so it gets activated, and so that's the Space Stone. He gets sucked into it and gets spat out, apparently, on Vormir. Who was guarding the Soul Stone before Red Skull? I don't know. He just he must have fallen in love with him and then tossed him down. <laughs> oh my god! So uh, well, one thing we did do because we kind of just jumped in talking about this. Uh, what oh. did everyone think of this movie? <laughs> like, what rating do you give it? Did oh, you like rating? it? Um, I don't know. I give it three and a half. The hmm. Tasha Romanoff heads out of five. Out of five, that's not bad. Yeah. Um. I'll do it on a scale of 10. Okay. It was like a... See, I liked it. I I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed Infinity War. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I would not see it again, and I feel like the only reason I saw it was to do this podcast. <laughs> um, well, yeah, we said we were going to do the podcast, and then he went to see it, so yeah. Right, that's yeah, that was literally the only reason why I saw it. <laughs> so I would probably give it like a... Like, it was a 5 out of 10 for me. Like, it was fine. Yeah. Um, I didn't hate it, but I didn't, like, love it. Yeah. Um, and because I'm not in the MCU, like, it didn't have a lot of emotion. Like, it didn't have a lot of emotional resonance for me. It was not nostalgic. It was not like I'm revisiting these things that I loved and finally seeing everything wrapped up together. Um, those are the parts that actually really dragged for me because I'm not – I'm a, I'm only casually a part of this – franchise so um the parts that i'm that i'm sure were made for all of the actual fans were the parts <laughs> that i was like 
you know, twiddling my thumbs and being like, I don't know why this is meaningful. This doesn't matter to me. Can we just actually like do something? Yeah. Yeah. But, whereas so, yeah, I, I have but, sort of the opposite tack, which, you know, the MCU is very meaningful for me. And so for me, it's, I, I don't know how to score this movie because like I enjoyed the vast majority of it. And then at the mm. end, it felt like it punched me in the face. Yeah. <laughs> And that, even from a casual perspective, I understand why, because I know enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Basically, like, all of my favorite characters were poofed, so I didn't see them until right. the yeah, last scene. Yeah, same. So. Yeah. Anyway. That's how I felt about it, too. But no, Leah, ahead, I'm sorry, you have to score at one to ten. Them's the berries. Ugh. Julia's at a seven, Gretchen is out of five. I would say, like, as a, as a, objectively, seven and a half subjectively two and a half. Oh my. Mm. Oh my. But like, but like I'll get over it in yeah. time, probably. This is what <laughs> fan fiction is for. This is what fan fiction is I mean, for. if you're going to put in alternate universes in the canon, well, that's know, the thing, like, everything goes. Right. I'm not the Ryan Johnson hater kind of fanboy who's like, you should, you need to personally reshoot this movie for me because I hated <laughs> it. Like, that's not how movies work. I will adjust. But... <laughs> Some things about it really left a bad taste in my mouth, which is sad because I loved so much of it as I was watching it, I feel. Like, the idea of a time heist is so cute. Yeah. It's adorable. I I honestly had a very similar reaction to you, Leah, which is interesting because I'm not much of a Marvel fan girl. Like, it's fine. I like what I like in it. What I really like in it is Black Panther. Uh, Mm -hmm. I thought Guardians 2 had a lot of emotional resonance for me, and I like thinking Mm -hmm. about it. And then I just kind of like generally enjoy... You know, action Yeah, I like Scarlet Witch. She was gone. Yeah, but like... Uh, actually, I had recently watched Civil War for the first time. I just skipped it. So I kind of <laughs> had like the Avengers dynamics fresh in my mind and stuff like that. And I don't, I don't even know how I felt about Civil War. I just wanted the whole thing to be about the Accords and I was mad it wasn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> you wanted the detailed meetings where they hashed everything out. Well, I had like a very emotional viewing experience. Like I was tearing up in a number of places and yeah. some of it felt a little cheap, but some of it was also really evocative and you know, I'm never bored watching a Marvel movie. They're kind of designed to be like that. But compared to Solo, for instance, when I'm literally bored and <laughs> cringing at the same time and stuff. So I, my viewing experience was closer to like a seven. But then, you know, coming out of the theater, thinking about it and thinking about why did this exist? What were the character arcs? What was it saying? It was like... A two, because I just kind of found it empty. So I actually will average my score and give it about like a five. Like Gretchen, I'm I'm kind of leaning a little more on the just visceral experience of watching it because it is more pleasant than Infinity War, no question. Oh yeah, I was I was like angry coming out of Infinity War. Like I was angry exiting yeah. that movie, and I left this movie being like. That was long, but I enjoyed myself. I mean, like the, just... the comparison that you made, Leah, to uh, Game of Thrones' last season and like having to tie th- everything together. I like, like Kylie said, that was much more competently done. And, oh uh, yeah, like, but like, they, they, like the the kind of like the uh, the whiplash you feel going from all these tomes that was like a problem in like the first Avengers movie for me is a lot less of a problem now. Probably yeah. because everything is kind of dark and. <laughs> 
unsaturated. I, I will say though, <laughs> I, I had a, th- I thought there's a big tonal issue with how this movie approached grief and dealing yes. with the five year snap. Yeah. Or f- five year snap. Oh my God. Five year jump as a result of the snap where it felt a little like Marvel wanted to have their cake and eat it too. They wanted us to really feel the weight of it and how people adjust, but then undo it in a way that's almost really cruel to everyone. Yeah, really. Cause like you like come back from non-existence and you find out that five years have passed and like your family members are traumatized <laughs> Older siblings are now younger siblings. Yeah. Uh, people anyone who died on. in a anyone who died in a plane, technically only half of them were snapped, but all of them died, and then they all you yeah. know, get snapped back into the air, like what? Like forty thousand feet up, and then There's gotta be somebody like I mean, I I'm sure I'm sure Bruce thought of all of those details when he snapped. So he had five years to think about it, so Yeah, but like when it's not even just the physicality of them coming back, but a lot of the movie is like about dealing with grief, but then the heroic stance of our superheroes is to not move on, and it's to keep mm-hmm. trying to live and keep trying to yeah. Undo ag- this. Again, we'll, we're gonna. I have a lot to say about that yeah. when we get to Stevens in part two. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. You know, I, I I will say like, regardless of the actual logistics of it and how it works. Mm-hmm. The moment Sam said on your left and then everyone oh, yeah. <laughs> came back, I don't think I've ever cried as yeah. hard as I cried in that theater. Just like racking, moved, <laughs> oh, transported sobs. And I only like, it only hurt a little bit to roll my eyes when they had that like all woman charge. The, the lady power shot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I liked, I, I will say, I really appreciated all of the the space they gave for the, the female superheroes in this yeah. movie. And given, sure. given, especially in the final battle, like mm-hmm. given that the MCU is overall dominated by white men and has been the oh, whole yeah. time. White men named like, Chris, yeah. <laughs> like it was, I mean, it was a little bit heavy handed, but I really liked that there was kind of a changing of the guard idea involved yeah. in a lot of that final battle where you're seeing like women and people of color, like coming to the forefront and like, finishing what the other people have started with the implication that this is going to be what's moving forward it's a promise if they break the promise it's bullshit if they keep the promise it's lovely i I, I will say like one thing that kind of detracted from that a little for me was how prominently gwyn powell featured flying around in her iron man suit and i'm just like i i can't i'm sorry i can't (laughs) yeah with you lady but but Um, i want to go back to what you were saying about go put a j-bag in your vagina yeah um (sighs) Because I had one other comment about grief. Because one of the things that that stuck in my craw about the movie was the difference between the way Thor's expression of grief oh was my treated God. versus Poor literally ch- every other character. Yeah, yeah. Poor Thor. Um, that, yeah, yeah. He's done so re- dirty like, by it this. really upset me. Like, I was upset watching that part of the movie. And especially because everyone in the theater was laughing along with the movie. Yeah. Like the movie yep. made him the butt of the joke and everyone oh, yeah, laughed no, with it. It's, and it's what's so aches. like, especially because that's a more honest and real representation of what grief can look like in the real world. Mm-hmm. Like Clint Barton is like treated like, Oh, super serious. He goes off and murders a bunch of people, oh, but like, yeah. but like <laughs> most normal people don't go off and murder a bunch of people cause they're sad. But like yep. a lot of people well, will just do, like powered Gretchen. 
like a lot of people will just let themselves go and stop taking care of themselves out of grief. So like real expressions of grief that mirror real life expressions of grief were like made the butt of a joke. Yeah. But like superhero versions of grief, like becoming like a vigilante and murdering people, like is treated like, oh, right, we have to be serious about that. Or even the difference between how Tony losing a bunch of weight yeah. is considered like a tragedy, but Thor losing a bunch of weight is a joke. Like gaining right. a bunch of weight is a joke. Yeah. Like it was yeah. so upsetting. Oh, yeah, 100%. Though in grief counseling, we got our big gay Marvel character. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I Did I miss yeah. this? What? what are we talking about? Okay, when Steve is at the AIDS meeting. Oh, yeah. Which is literally what it is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's like uh, from... It, uh, it's Rent, a meeting yeah. of ACT UP, and yeah. Steve uh, has a man who is, who is actually Joe Russo uh, <laughs> talk about his experience going on a date, and then he drops a male pronoun. So yeah. we realize that he, so, he is on a date with another maybe man. I'm just- and, like, again, having Steve be in a gay support group and then talk about how he lost the love of his life, Peggy, in 1945 <laughs> is insane when Steve... Is in a gay support group, but okay, that's that's for next time. I, I mean, maybe I'm really just so don't... woke that I like I don't even notice like you know no, it, people no, men was... having husbands Thanks anymore. It's just something that happens all the time now. I mean, not that you're yeah not a wonderful ally, Julia, <laughs> but like oh no, that's the thing. I, I don't begrudge the scene for existing, but the way that they the the amount of promo and patting on the back they did yes. over their quote-unquote mm-hmm. exclusive gay moment, to quote from the Beauty and the Beast live action. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, es- especially when when those moments have, have literally been cut from previous Marvel movies. Right, exactly. Right like, Taika tried to give us that with Valkyrie, and they wouldn't let him. You know, like, uh, Ryan Coogler tried to give that with, with the Dormelage, and they wouldn't, so... Exactly. Oh, yeah, they really straight-washed that one. But, yeah. And right. so, like, it, it's not it's not that I didn't like the scene. The scene was fine. But the yeah. amount of sort of congratulatory accolades <laughs> they are getting over it. When, oh, are they? If, if they hadn't said, a, if they hadn't said yeah. a word about it, I'd be really impressed. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, no. They, they, they were, like, hot hot takes on, like, first gay character in the MCU. Seriously? Fuck. Um, well, okay. But, like, my... Like, kind of, uh, bugabear, this is just like, maybe it's from criticizing Game of Thrones for so long, but just like, I'm having trouble getting out of a doorless perspective for this movie as well, because like, mm-hmm. like, you know that they did the, like, all those problems we were talking about bringing people back after five years. That was also Tony Stark wouldn't lose his daughter. That was the only reason they did it. Right. And, oh, you mean their yeah, approach no. to time travel? No, the whole thing where they're like, yeah, we're going to bring them all back, but we're not going to lose the last five years. We cannot lose the last five years. It's super important. It's also Tony Stark yeah. would lose his daughter. <laughs> yeah, no, I the so much of this, the stakes and the way people talk about the stakes in this movie, yeah. it reminds me a lot of, you know, when you talk to a certain kind of fan and they're like, why are you slut-shaming this character for liking to wear skimpy outfits? And it's mm-hmm. like, the creator yeah. wrote her... <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. this character doesn't personally feel empowered by wearing just one band of leather over her nipples when she oh fights God. zombies. You know, like, 
yeah. that's a creative choice. <laughs> and and so like, when you talk about Endgame, there's that there's constantly that tension, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, well, it had to be like that, and it's like, yeah. Well, yeah, it had to be like that because they fucking wrote it that way, like, right? Well, yeah, I think the last thing we should hit on in, in this segment before we we quickly do our fun segment is how they approach time travel, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz like that was the driving mechanism of this movie. It was explained to us in two different ways by uh Baldchick and The Ancient One played by Tilda Swinton. Til- yeah. yeah, okay, Tilda Swinton and then um Bruce explained it also. Yeah. Yes. And I I normally my stance on time travel is it doesn't really have to make sense. Just give yep. me a good tale because it can't happen. Well I was it, so distracted by these rules yeah, because it does have to be internally consistent though. I mean and, like it couldn't like make no like the rules and in if you back tell to the future don't make any sense. Yeah. But like they make sense narratively. <laughs> I feel like with time travel, the more you try and explain it, yeah. the more it's going to be obnoxious. Because so, because it's never it's never going to be consistent. That's just the thing with time travel. So I'm more well, likely to like enjoy the ride if you just are like, yeah, we're doing time travel now, whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like the more you try and explain it, the more I'm going to want to pick it apart. Well, the thing is, they spoke to a lot of like theoretical physicists who were basically yeah. like, oh my god, thank you for contacting us. We love Back to the Future, but that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Right. And what the theoretical physicists explained was that when you personally, if you were able to travel back into the past, that mm-hmm. past would become your present and your future. In your subjective experience of reality, there's yeah. no difference. And right. so therefore you couldn't change history because history had already happened, which, right. but what if I guess you kill your sense. mother? But the thing is, <laughs> right. I'll what if you do? Thing, yeah. But it's one thing to say that in terms of like, a theoretical physicist explaining what a personal subjective experience of time travel would be like and mm-hmm. applying that to a narrative film yes. that, a good point. that purposefully yeah. goes across several time jumps, mm-hmm. right? So, like, now you have things like 2012 Loki. And, and the oh thing is, God, actually, yeah. I, I, I begrudgingly respect the fact that they brought back Loki and Gamora by just bringing back previous versions of them. That is shrewd. And I don't necessarily I hate love it, it but I, I respect fucking hate it. it. But <laughs> I mean, I kind is, of liked so it have... in Loki's case, and I kind of hate it in Gamora's case. Yes. Well, 2012 Loki disappears with the Space Stone. Yeah. But, the, but which is why they then had to go back to 1970 to steal it from then. So then we, what we now know of the timeline is that Steve then returns the Space Stone to 1970 so that Loki can steal it, which still means that Loki's reality where he steals it should collapse like the Ancient One said it should yeah and then how does how does dark world happen does he come back well this thing not only do they steal the reality stone from dark world they steal mjolnir from dark world so steve can use right (laughs) i guess he puts it back right we're supposed to think steve puts it back i personally think steve is no longer worthy once he chooses to stay and go in there fucks off i guess guess what really bothered me is that tilda swanson was like okay you can't change she had a visual the, aid like you can't change the history because it already happened but if infinity stones are involved that creates right. alternate timelines because they're just that important yeah and it's like well now you're just kind of adding bullshit into the mix and you're telling me that this is how the plot has to unfold right she said. yes it is that's what you said 
No, it was just that her, that the time stone, time stone <laughs> specifically was involved in saving the universe because of Doctor Strange. No, but she said she did the thing where she took the stone out and it created an alternate timeline. Yeah, she was yeah. just saying you remove an option the and then you create an alternate timeline. Just for Doc Brown and Back in the Future Part 2. Like, she went along with it because, like, she trusts Doctor Strange that deeply or something, right? That, like, right. Yeah. he thought this had to happen, then it did, and she's going to go with it. Yeah, I thought I thought how it was explained is just that time stones are big important. Yeah, or well, not time stones, they, like they, the they do canonically just kind of break reality. So yeah. I mean, like you know, we also I try not to think about this part because every time I try and actually wrap my mind around it, I can't. I can't make <laughs> sense Nebula, of it. Isn't Nebula killing herself? No, I I actually love Nebula killing herself. But how does but, that happen? Well, that's the thing. Nebula killing herself is the same. Like the fact that they kill 2014 Thanos. Yeah. Because 2014 Thanos comes into the future, even though 2013 Thanos didn't come into the future. Like, I, I it's it's a future writer's problem to figure out how. Because that's the thing, and the MCU from now on is in the post unsnapped five year jump future. Yeah. Yep. Like they're owning this, they are moving forward on this. And I'll, I'll yeah. be very interested to see, you know, sort of starting with Far From Home, you know, first of all, it means like the all of Peter's entire friend group got snapped because otherwise, you know, yeah. MJ would be in college. She'd be 22 and she, he'd still be 15. How, you know? how fucked up is this? Like, how were they already re enrolled at school? I know. At the like, end right. Of that? No, the thing, school administrators in this world have like the worst fucking job. <laughs> But, but, like, he didn't bother to check on his friend, his best friend, to see if he was snapped or is five years older until the first day of school when they ran into each other in a hallway. I mean, I guess we're just supposed to to know that that Peter Parker and... I don't know. I don't know. There's, maybe this happened right after. Don't worry about it too much. Don't think about it. I just... <sighs> one, one of the things that I feel, Kylie, like you would be proud of me is that um, I was totally thinking about infrastructure during, like, the five... <laughs> right, like, when they right? showed the five years later, I was like, why is this shit still so messed up? Why is it still a post-apocalyptic wasteland? They've had five years to do things. Yeah. Did people just literally sit around in their asses crying? Yeah, I think we're we're supposed to think people's spirits kind of broke. Yeah. Um, But like someone would But Thanos said that the earth would turn into a paradise. There's not even the New York Mets anymore. That's terrible. I mean, maybe the Yankees are still there because like, you know, that's actually the least the baseball teams. To yeah. me, it's like, I understand grief. It, the thing is, is like, you're telling me that literally no one on the planet grieves by doing things. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> that's part of how I process grief in trauma is like, I should do things. Mike Pesca has a podcast called The Jit on Slate and The Gist on Slate. And he did a a, a bit a few days ago where he was a radio announcer post the unsnap uh, talking about all of these infrastructure issues. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really, really, f- starting with the fact that, like, the radio announcer used to be part of a pair of radio announcers, and then, like, the other guy got a big pay jump when he was no longer part of a duo, and now he has to go back to being part of a duo. It was really, but, oh my. but there, there are, yeah, so what about many everybody's jobs? Oh my god. Yeah. And, like, utility companies got used to a certain load on the grid. When yeah. people come back, are there rolling blackouts now? Like, there's so many issues. Yeah. No. Well, I. I. Yeah. I think we're supposed to think all of that. See, and none of this. Happen. Yeah. None of this would happen if they didn't have that like artificial constraint that they couldn't erase those five years. All right. Well, guys. Yeah. Speaking of things that aren't usually thought through, <laughs> we need to transition <laughs> into our done. fun segment where Excellently Benioff done. and Weiss will write 
Rise of the Skywalker. So let's get them. Use them to bring everyone back. Just like that. Yeah, just like that. Oh, right. Our fun segments. So <laughs> Benioff and Weiss are such amazing storytellers, especially when it comes man. to the... Especially when it comes to conclusions that we thought instead of Abrams taking back the reins for Rise of Skywalker, not the Skywalker. I don't know why I thought that. Um, th- they are going to finish and write Rise of Skywalker for Star Wars fans uh, based on what's happened so far and based on what we've seen of season <laughs> and eight. And what Star Wars fans apparently want. <laughs> what Star Wars fans want. No, actually, I'm pretty sure Game of Thrones is like a big fuck you. So, <laughs> Yep. Um, all right. Where so, do we start? <laughs> the ghost of Palpatine. Oh. <laughs> the laughter of Palpatine. Oh my gosh. Uh, like, that makes perfect sense if it's a D&D production. That, you know? It will, in fact, be in uh, the first will... half hour will just entirely be about Shreve Palpatine. <laughs> yeah. We see no other characters. Right, but, but Shreve Palpatine will die in, like... Just over halfway through, or like right on halfway through the movie, and then um, Ray will then go crazy. Right, Ray will go crazy. She'll turn to the, the dark side. Well, the real villain, <laughs> like the end game villain for the movie, won't be Shreve Palpatine because It'll be Ray. No, 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 no. I think it would be like um, it's got to be. I don't know, some kind of political figure. Um. I don't know. They're all dead. Uh, I was going to say Vice I mean, Admiral Hall. Maybe it's, maybe it's Mon Mothma. <laughs> Is Mon Mothma still around? I think so. This is like 100 no. years old. She is not. Lando's coming back. Lando. Maybe Lando Ooh. will be the big bad. Oh my yeah. god. Lando, Lando <laughs> has used the, the intervening period to, to gather a bunch of um, things around Cloud City. He's been like expanding his influence and becoming this like tyrannical leader. Yeah, of that's maybe that's some... why he and Leia lost touch, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. these like outer sense. rim planets, and I so think... he's going to be the endgame villain. Yeah, he bought these like identically dressed mercenaries. Yes. Yep. So one thing I think D and D would definitely do is that they would incorporate Leia as CGI or as a recast, just in some way. They would do something to give us Leia, and then they would kill her off in a really messed up way. Yeah, because no, they would have they would have her and Kylo reunite, and right when they both <gasps> open their mouths to speak, the ship they're on blows up. Yeah, that'd be good, and and only she <laughs> dies. But it was just be no. Like but so I mean, like the thing about the thing about Leia though is that she really cares about her son. So I think that what will happen is that she'll decide that she has to support Kylo. Because he's her son. And, and no, and Gretchen's right. He'll ki- and he'll kill her because he's always killed parents. So that's what <laughs> right. he will continue to do. <laughs> he, will finally, he will finally succeed. On the commentary, they'll be like, well, you know, when he activates his lightsaber in this scene, oh, oh, it's telling people to be scared. Oh, hold on. Allow me, to quickly, allow me to quickly do a Benioff impression. <laughs> that, that, it's not so much like how he sounds, but like what he says. Where I'll be like, right, right. Please do. Yeah. You know, in this scene... Uh, when Kylo says that he's beyond saving, I think he really means it. Um, you know, and it, it's it's really heartbreaking for us to hear him say that because they're always doing that. Where it's always like the right. character just th- repeat what you've already said. Yeah, yeah, and then it's always like the, when the character says this, I think this is what they mean, and it's like you uh, fucking you wrote, wrote it. it. Can you yeah. just tell us what they mean? When and they it- say when we say that dragons eat everything, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> 
it's actually more Weiss who does the like really word salady like um yeah. Kylo has always known he's you know bad deep down and uh that's why when he has the opportunity to be good he doesn't do it <laughs> i've watched so right. many other fucking inside the episodes I'm sorry. so the other the, the, the other thing that i was thinking of was like that ray moment that we see in the trailer works really well in like a D way because it's kind of like aria doing the like <laughs> Air Jordan, yeah. Air Jordan jump like she twelve feet in Ray. the air. <laughs> um. So what Ray needs to do is not just land on the speeder, but like use her lightsaber and like stab it into the speeder, and then like it'll blow up. But somehow Kylo will survive mm-hmm. because he's got major plot armor. So it'll like blow. Like she just stabs it, and like all we know is that she stabs it, and then it blows up. And then, and also, she has to say "stab" every time she stabs. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, but I do. Th- but I do think that Ray would eventually go crazy and go dark because you know she doesn't have a family. And she doesn't have an anchor. Does right. Um, but she would. But she would do it. Well, after- that also means that they, they're going to kill Finn in front of her. Don't forget that. Ooh, yeah. right. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, wait. He's gonna he's gonna go back undercover as a stormtrooper and then get discovered. Just oh my gosh, Leah, that's just like what oh. what happens with Rose? Oh, what does happen with Rose? Um, she gets like killed with her own weapon somehow. <laughs> Alternatively, she gets, she gets a completely her. new job that was never supposed to. Like, you know, she's a technician, right? Like, yeah. and mm-hmm. so instead, they're like, you know, actually, Rose is a spy now, and we're like, what? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> she liked being undercover that one time. So. Okay, yeah, no. no, Rose. Rose can be the one who kills Palpatine because it'll come out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one will expect it. There's absolutely zero foreshadowing that suddenly <laughs> she like knows how to use a lightsaber super well yeah, and will yeah. just like kill Palpatine. Yeah, but it'll be really cool. And then the force, the force sensitive kids from Canto Bite come and rescue her. Yes. they remember her. Right. <laughs> They're really important to the plot. Finn will be killed in front of Rey. Will, yeah. will they have had a romance beforehand that he then rejects her from? Because that's, you know, what makes women go right. cray. Maybe yeah. she'll have a romance with Poe because yeah. Finn is like... No, that's the thing. We will, yeah. we will get Finn Poe. That's the one good thing I- about it. I I felt like uh, like Finn in the hands of D and D would become the Tyrion who would drink and know things. Like he would just be yeah. right about everything in the mouthpiece yeah. for them, so they could like tell us how to feel about scenes. Maybe he's more like the Davos for them, but he's just going to be like that guy that tells you what's going on and how to feel about it. Yeah. Like, oh, I think they would do that with Poe more than with Finn. Yeah, that's what I'm saying with Poe. Yeah, yeah. Poe has that like kind of like you know witty way about him, the way that Tyrion does. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, no, Finn's the Sansa. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Also, yeah. that's the saddest sentence and truest sentence perhaps. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Finn <laughs> is Finn is the Sansa. Oh, oh my, my gosh. God. That does make me sad. Um, okay. <laughs> I feel really bad about it. Um, what are they, what, do you think they would bring back Luke Skywalker somehow? Of I feel course. like they would bring back Luke Skywalker. Or they would have a lot of stories about Luke Skywalker that we never heard before. <laughs> about, like, how he used to encourage, uh, Kylo in his, like, lightsaber practice by slow clapping. Luke always <sighs> said that everything before the word butt was horseshit. <laughs> or, or, I'm sorry, like, Bantha fodder. <laughs> Bantha <Yeah>. poodoo. Poodoo. <laughs> Oh man, but the fodder's an expression. I didn't make that up. No, it's it's true. It is. It is. Yeah, it is. yeah. I'm right. pretty sure 
Sebulba says that at one point. <laughs> Why am I thinking about the prequels? I don't know. Um, also, Nobody because D and D absolutely have no creativity. We will only be on planets we have already seen before, like Tatooine and Cloud City and Hoth. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> the scene, with, the scene with the scene with Ray is clearly just Tatooine, right? I mean. That's what it would be with them. It they would wouldn't even Tatooine. make a Jakku, yeah. And people would be like, is that Jakku? They'd be like, no, and this is Tatooine. Like, <laughs> right. Wh- why? Yeah. The other desert planet. <laughs> um, but it would be but it would be really meaningful, see, because you're going back to where the story started. Um I feel bad because I actually could see Abrams doing this too. <laughs> well I mean, going back to Tatooine in a movie called Rise of Skywalker isn't dumb. Right. So <laughs> no, but I'm just saying they would never even like create a new planet. They wouldn't even create like Lava World or whatever the fuck it was from uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Mustafar. Yep. Yeah, Mustafar. it's Lava World. That's <laughs> right. I yeah, I love single ecosystem planets. It's, <laughs> yep, it's it so exciting. Sense. <laughs> totally reasonable. Yeah, I mean a sucks, desert planet probably makes more sense than any other kind of single ecosystem planet. But, That's true. Yeah. Um. Like Chewie, I feel like Chewie would have to die in a really graphic way. I, I actually probably. think Kylo would stay evil with them. He's just going to be like he's always been the monster who killed Han, and then he's going to yeah. kill his mom, and then he's just going to like die. I don't know. In a, he's going to die like similar way no, no, to no. Vader or something like that. No, 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 no. See, this is what I think would happen. Ray would turn evil, uh huh, and and die and get no redemption arc. And Kylo would be evil for, like, nine-tenths of the movie, and at the last second, do something good, and they'd be like, this totally redeems him. But they, yep. after what they did to Jamie, I don't know if they're into arcs and changing. <laughs> like No, but, but like, it's... No, but he was good all along. <laughs> right. He oh, was, God. like, he was good, he was good all along, he was misunderstood. Yeah. Um, he, just, forget, he just... Wait, can we fold in the fact that Phasma is Brienne somehow? Just like is Brienne. Isn't she oh, dead? Uh can someone sleep with her and then ditch her? She's dead though. <laughs> you yeah, know, listen. Yes, she fell down a bottomless <laughs> chasm full of fire. No, no, she's gonna come back as as a zombie, like an ungregor yeah. kind of situation. Yeah. And she'll be able to do force flips for like no apparent yes. reason. She just can yes. do it. Can you imagine how inconsistent their force rules are gonna be when they oh find out the movie? Like, oh right. my god. That's um. Listen, that they're gonna be... wildly just overuse uh like mind tricks. Like every five minutes, you will find out. Oh no, I was just mind tricking them. That didn't really happen. Like every right. single time. <laughs> so so Lando saved Brienne, and and La- and Brienne or not Brienne. I see. I just mixed them up. <laughs> Lando saved Phasma, and Phasma is like his bodyguard. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure, I'll buy okay. it. I'll buy it. Oh wait, so, he also he definitely kills BB-8. Oh yeah! Uh-huh. Like BB-8 oh, gets oh, fried. Man. Yeah, BB-8. BB-8 would have to get f- fried. Yeah. Do we think we'd get R2D2 and C3PO in this? I feel like like they, they we would see them and they would just be caricatures of themselves. Yeah. Just, like, I mean, to be saying to be fair, things. they are already. I mean, they are already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You uh, just get more. There's not much yeah. you could do to flanderize 3PO at this point. Like he's, <laughs> right. he's he pretty just far is. Gone. I mean, you could have done the thing that they did in. Uh, Attack of the Clones, that was pretty egregious. All right, well, guys, we are officially at the hour mark, so give me your concluding shot, courtesy of D&D, for the new trilogy oh. of Star Wars. Uh, 
Oh, the final, like, scene? The final like, scene. Like, the camera, pa- yeah. the tableau. Um, Kylo is in a speeder, and he's going towards the sunset on, ta- on Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I See, I was thinking of, like, Rey, as she dies, her hand opens, releasing the lightsaber. And it's it's significant because the camera works just looking at her hand. And to them, that's significance. Can we do that? But, like... Uh, Kylo is like holding in her in like a Pieta like pose <laughs> as she's dying. Oh, sure. Yeah, that would be the final shot. And it'd be, yeah, super deep and meaningful because like he's like holding her and they had this connection or whatever. And, <laughs> and she's whatever. losing her, <laughs> losing her lightsaber. And it falls, is, no, and all it, of this is on a space station, so it's just stars behind them. Just stars. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it like the lightsaber like falls at his feet, like it it lands on the ground and it shuts off, and then it like rolls back and lands at his feet, and he's reaching for it, and that's the final shot. And then we hear from behind him, "No one's ever really gone." And he turns, and it's Luke, just there, no explanation, <laughs> <laughs> just a pop up credits. All right. Well, I think that character arc was just as tight as the character arcs in Endgame. (laughs) There are no better writers in television than Dan Weiss and David Benioff. Now let's talk about the character arcs in Endgame, especially the ones that made so much sense. Do we want to start with Thor? Because we already kind of dipped our little toe into that. Yeah, I, I was... Okay, I will I will go on record and say King Valkyrie, like, fuck yes. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of cool. <laughs> fuck yes, I am here for that. Love it. But at, at the same time, I am, again, I just feel like both Infinity War and Endgame just is like shitting all over Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah. And that's mildly upsetting. My thing with Thor is, like, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. I liked the arc they gave Thor. I did not like the way that they played it Yes. Back. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Yep. I actually didn't like the arc they gave Thor, because, yeah, it's him reconciling with grief, but then he, like, literally fucks off. Did they watch Thor Ragnarok? Which, by the way, he was grieving in that, too. It's true. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've actually sweetened on Thor Ragnarok since uh, my r- original take that it, that it was, you know, a hot take, because it was planet hulk smashed in the middle of this movie well that's that still holds true it's still (laughs) true but i i kind of get it more and more at least what they were going for even if it wasn't personally engaging to me and it was thor coming to terms with he is the leader of these people now he has this responsibility how he views himself how he views his father's legacy and what he plans to do moving forward with that and for him to grieve for five years makes sense based on the events of of what happened in Infinity War, but then his concluding note is just, well, I'm not suited for rule, after all. Here you go, Valkyrie. I think this is a a beat for him and not Thor's ending, but also I, I have a lot of thoughts about how, like, I like things like King Valkyrie and Sam Cap, but I feel weird about the fact that, like, there are just a series of just unceremonial dumpings of all these yep. responsibilities. Yeah, mostly yeah. because of actor people contracts. Color. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's like, there's a much more elegant way to do it than this. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, I like the idea of King Valkyrie. I think the execution was a bit wanting. And I do, yeah. Sure. And I just, I just 
Found it. I just, I loved Thor Ragnarok. See, that's the thing. I loved Thor Ragnarok. And so every time, like, I was so upset at Endgame because, again, I felt it just, like, shat all over Thor's arc. And this time I just felt like the ending was just kind of like, right, yep, he learned everything that he went through in Thor Ragnarok. Doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> yep. None of that stuck around. And he's he's inspired by his skimpy outfit. <laughs> In Infinity right. War really was much worse for Thor, I think, because it was like, you lost an eye, here's an eye. You're grieving, here's here's some new funny shipmates that you can joke around with. I think that was a bigger slap in the face, honestly. Right. But this was really not a satisfying conclusion to what that had set up. And, you know, a lot of it's a constraint with actor contracts. Like, that's just the case. Yeah. Right. That's uh, fair. But that's just, that's a, like, you know... A reason, not an excuse. <laughs> you know, just, right, like, yeah, exactly. there's no way you can't write it better just because the actors are leaving. I, I agree. Like, uh, I mean, we knew Iron Man was leaving, for instance, but yeah, it, it, that wasn't just pooping over everything. Well, I actually don't know because I didn't see Iron Man three. Did it poop over everything in that? I mean, the fact that he was in the Avengers movie was kind of pooping all yeah. over Iron Man three. But I think I guess we have to get over that. Well, no, Avengers happens after. No, event. It's Avengers, then it's I am three, and then it's Avengers. Oh, Age okay, of the fact that he's in Age, Age of Ultron is what is no, Age of Ultron is what poops all over Iron Man. Because three. Iron Man three was uh, the first Iron Man movie that didn't want to make like want me like I didn't want to punch him in the face repeatedly after it, like I did after Iron Man two. And then he was just like in yeah. Age of Ultron, and I was just like, "What about your arc?" I will say, like Civil War. He was, like, one of the few people not acting like a turd until, like, he, he suddenly was full of revenge at the end. So I, I kind of had a tolerance for him in that. So, yeah, sure. let's talk about Iron Man. Yeah. Iron Man's arc. Um, I- so, like, you um, you said, Leah, that, like, they're kind of putting the whole three phases into an Infinity Saga thing. You can kind of call it the Tony Stark saga. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Really. Yep. That's what, it, that's what this movie felt like. Yeah. Here's my thing with Tony. I for the I'm the least upset about Tony mm-hmm. because like it having him die saving everyone saying I am Iron Man it's a bookend oh, on, that was good, on what we've yeah. had yeah no it's 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 elegant and it's powerful and I I really I get it and I respect it but I feel like you can do that ending for Tony or you can let him peacefully retire and have a kid mm. when you do both it just says really shitty things about how these people view like fatherhood and mm. like the importance of legacy. Like there was even going to be a scene with just how after Thanos did the snap and we, he, he got a, had a conversation with young Gamora there, they shot a scene where it was Tony with older Morgan, his daughter, where she like forgives him for abandoning the family and they ultimately cut it not because that's horrifying, but because like test audiences didn't get who that was. Uh, Cause like we've never uh, seen old Morgan before. So like it didn't translate. Um, it was going to be the, the girl from uh, 13 reasons why. Uh, oh, that would have been yeah. super confusing for everybody. Right. But like, that's the, the, and again, it's the, it's the same as this, this is the, the King Valkyrie and the same as Sam cap, this idea of like, yeah, sure, Tony has a full life, and we did everything we wanted to do with his arc, so then we killed him. It's like, well, you just left Pepper with a five-year-old daughter. Yeah. And right. all these suits that she never wanted, and this company that she vocally said she never wanted. Like, it's 
it's this feeling of like when when you don't let women write these things, male arcs suffer too. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> like it's, it's like the kind of did the same thing that happened after Iron Man three. Like they they kind of can't imagine a world in which Tony Stark is alive and not like all over this shit all the time. Right, right. Like there's no reason that they couldn't have just like left him by that lake and not ever gone back to him. But right. they just couldn't imagine it because this is like the Tony Stark saga. And like if if Tony if they had undone those five years yeah. and that had made Tony fucking suicidal. That would have been fucked been, up if they'd it would have been yeah. really dark. Yeah. But I it would also would have been for me less hurtful than and again, it's it's a question it's more a question of like the way they talk about his arc in interviews after the fact than anything the movie does. Yeah. Mm. Like the way they talk about how this had to be Tony's end and he'd lived a full life. And this was the conclusion of everything, and it was perfect for him. And I'm like, there's a little girl without her dad. Yeah. Right? Like, what the fuck, guys? But the beginning of the movie, oh my god, that that did things to my feelings. (laughs) Where he was Oh, I Love You 3000? Yeah. No, not not, not that, when he was all, like, gaunt in the spaceship. And And first of all, like, wow, what's his face? Really committed, didn't he? Oh, right, or when he, like, Robert I think a lot of that might have been digital, to be fair. Yeah, well, he, whatever. It looked awesome. It did. Well, awesome in a horrible way. Like, when he ripped off his, like, the thing over his heart. Like, yeah. that whole, yeah. when he comes back, I was like, oh, oh wow. Yeah. I don't really have strong feelings about Tony Stark, but I am feeling things about yeah. this right now. I kind of like, hate Tony Stark, and I was feeling things. And having him revisit Age of Ultron, where he was like, I was right. Fuck you guys. Like, mm-hmm. that was the worst mistake I ever made, and it was still better than anything you guys ever did. That's the yeah. kind of shit I live for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and Steve just is going to sit back and let Ultron happen again, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah Steve does 9 11. Mm. Let's talk about Steve. Let's talk about Steve. He, can, he, he helped. That's another summer. thing that really did not have to happen. I mean, like, I know that everybody likes shipping him and Bucky, but I was compelled by his relationship with Peggy. And not that I'm not compelled by his relationship with with uh, Bucky, but just like, but I don't know why they had to travel back in time and make that happen. Like it kind of already happened, you know, and then like ended it, because he got see, frozen in an iceberg. <laughs> like, I like will that, say that relationship ended like naturally. I am not, I'm not, a shipper. I'm not super invested. Like, I've, I'm just going to say this. I watched that ending and was like, oh, this feels like a giant fuck you to Stucky yeah. on multiple yeah, levels. Yeah, yeah. Like, not just not just giving him, Pe- like, the ending with Peggy, but the fact that, like, you Bucky have... Bucky doesn't speak. Peggy right. doesn't speak. You have, That's a you whole have, other thing. You have Sam and you have Bucky standing there and Bucky's like, Sam, you want to go talk to him? Like, Bucky gets no reunion on screen. With Cap at the end. And I was like, oh, wow. They don't get a reunion during the battle. Eat Like, we see the 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 ground-shaking reunions of Tony and uh, Stephen Strange. We see uh, yep. we see Carol meet Peter Parker for the first time. And you can't spare a literal two seconds to have mm-hmm. Steve at least see Bucky across a crowded battle, yeah, like, battlefield. Yeah, like, even if you're not a shipper, out. they're, like, totally best well, friends thing. from even childhood. Even if you're not a, like, this has nothing, like, this has nothing to do with shipping. Yeah. It's like, I never expected Marvel to go there. I of don't want not. Marvel to go there, frankly. All I want them to do is to honor the emotional yes. intimacy that has already been established. And so right. when you have a series of movies where Steve's 
every decision Steve has ever made has been about Bucky, down to becoming a war criminal for him. Mm-hmm. It just seems really weird that after they finally were on the same page and Bucky was finally mentally healthy, Bucky was stolen from him for five years. For yeah. Steve's anger at the snap to be framed as missing Peggy and what, you know, looking at the Peggy compass... And then for him to, once Bucky is restored to him after being five years apart, Steve then chooses to to live 70 years without him. I just can't track that on an emotional level. Letting yeah, him be tortured. No to me. And, yeah. and the thing, too, is it doesn't even make sense for him. I mean, do we know him- for a fact that he let Bucky be tortured? Maybe he, like, took care of that in his alternative timeline. Well, that's the, that's the thing. So maybe he did prevent 9-11. Marcus and McFeely, the way the, who are the, the screenwriters argue Steve was always Peggy's husband this the it's the past is the future this was actually the timeline we were always living in so he always let shield get overrun with Nazis right that's the thing in order for that to be true it means that Steve was the weird attic husband no one spoke to Steve I've never been able to keep out of trouble for five minutes Rogers just sat on his ass listening to you know the Glenn Miller band while uh, Bucky was tortured, Peg- Peggy's entire life legacy is Nazis, uh, Vietnam, AIDS, 9-11, all, every, all of the events, of, we're just supposed to believe that he just let all of these things happen, which is deeply insulting to Steve and also to Peggy and to everyone. Yeah. Right. On the other hand, the Russos think that when Steve went back, he created a branch reality, like what Bruce described but then how would he decide that lake in the prime reality right that's the thing how then did he get back to reality prime as an old man and 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 again in the best of all possible scenarios right he goes back in time co-founds shield with peggy it doesn't have nazis he saves bucky and they live all together yeah Uh, oh my god i'm i'm so down you can't have that the thing you can't have that reality and then not talk about it it's like it's you just can't stupid. have that happen off screen. It's just so stupid. Like he already warned her. She yeah. he went to her fucking funeral. She has nothing to do with the snap. She was a girlfriend for like five minutes. It's I'm. Yeah, I, I do think that that, she, that he means a lot more to her in her character arc in Agent Carter, yes. at least in the first season, than he ever meant to her. Because like just like yeah. And, like, the whole thing where he wakes up and she's an old lady, like, that was significant because, like, you know, they did have this relationship. But, like, yes, it's it's over. It's over. And and I would feel differently about it if Peggy were a character with lines and not just a woman-shaped and happy ending. He gets a sex like, lamp and she dances with him. Right. Yeah. Like, that's the, like if it, it doesn't even have to be a lot. If, if he... If they had shown their actual reunion as a scene and not just as a shot of them dancing, if we had seen him show up to his date at the store club like he was supposed to mm. and she'd said, you're late, I would have sobbed. I would have sobbed. Right. So, like, like, but to not give her, it's a decision he makes at her. She has no agency yes. whatsoever right. when, like, the fact that Peggy had to, like, scrimp and and struggle and like fight for everything she ever accomplished like a honey badger is what makes her Peggy Carter. Yeah. Mhm. And all that was just erased. Right. All right. We are going to we're getting a little long so we have to now talk about Nat. Oh. Uh, okay, so 
we can't talk about Nat without talking about Hawkeye, whose like human name I always forget. Um, Flint. 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 Like just so he like statistically improbably loses his entire family and kind of goes on a like homicidal rampage killing gangsters because I guess he wants to like channel his homicidal rage like semi-productively or something. Mm -hmm. And so then we end up with Nat and him uh, at the soul stone cliff and they realize that one of them has to die. It's and the place where logic goes to die. Yeah, just, okay. and they're just like, yeah. oh no, it's me, it's me, it's me. So they have, like, this, like, entire setup for him to, like, redeem himself. But then, yeah. like, no, it's Nat who dies. Yep. And she's, like, fighting to die because I guess, like, it I'm all comes this back to family. how she's... Yeah, it yeah. all comes back to how she's terrible because she can't have kids, I guess. Right? Yep. Well, she I just, did. her family's yep. invalid, right? It doesn't matter what yeah. she built with the other Avengers. What's important is that he gets his, you know, two and a half kids back, who I, I think he literally had two and a half kids. <laughs> yeah, well, two boys and a girl. three by then, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Right, and and that's the thing, is like, this, it's another woman who dies for a man to get the soul stone. And that was the other layer of it that I didn't, that I just hated. It was like, oh, if right, Nat, yes. If Nat, if Nat had died doing the snap, the reverse snap, like, if Nat had died using yeah. the gauntlet, like, Tony died. Right. At least it would be novel. But, like, when you kill the Smurfette the mm-hmm. same exact way that you <laughs> killed the other Smurfette of right? the other team, like, again, it's the skimpy outfit thing. No one told you you had to make a murder cliff where you kill a female character. <laughs> that didn't right. have to be how you get the soul stone. It's just no one imagery, told- like, again, of a woman's yeah. broken body at the bottom of that stupid fucking cliff with red skull at the t- Like, what the fuck? No. And I'm just like, I just, I'm just so confused as to why they went in this direction with, like, Flint at all. Flint. I, I do not know what his name is. I don't care because I, I, I officially hate this character now, so I don't care. Um, like, just like, why do they have him go on a homicidal rampage in the first place? Well, the, the, and why isn't he in jail at the end of the movie? <laughs> well, you know, the the thing is, all of the creators have talked about. There was a draft of it where Clint dies. Okay, why didn't they s- stick with that? Well, that's several women in the office, women who have been named, said, read that version, which again, I don't think was the final version either, but in this draft, the draft that they read where it was Clint and not Nat, they said, don't you take this away from her. Like, they thought, what? This was, this was Nat's hero moment, and for a man to sacrifice himself for the helpless girl, that didn't read well. Okay, to like one thing that you cannot say about that character is that she's helpless. She's never been helpless. Right, exactly. Like remember right. that scene where she was literally tied up and punched and she was actually in control of the situation? Remember like when we first meet her? <laughs> like, I do. I do yeah. remember that. See, because I feel like it's more of a hero moment for her to like soldier on yeah. and keep I mean, fighting. It would have been no imagine what if they jumped together if what if they jumped together? Like the- who would take the soul stone back? Exactly. No, like, like no, you can have the this stupid thing where they she would, thinks like, she deserves to die and he thinks he deserves to die. I just don't understand why it ended up with her dead. It's also like they've both already sacked. Like, it's one thing to tell Thanos, who's never loved anyone or anything, you have yeah. to love something and lose it in order to get the stone. Whether or not that beat emotionally works for you about whether or not you think he truly loved Gamora is a different deal. But, like, as right. a as a stake well, like, for a man know, like the way Thanos, that makes loves sense. people. Right, but for people like Clint and Nat, yeah, who have sacrificed so much already, 
Like, the thing can't fucking do a body scan and be like, oh, you've already lost all of these people. That counts. Here's your stone. (laughs) No, you gotta fling someone else off the cliff. Yeah, like, you have to do something inhuman to get it, I think, is, like, the point, right? Uh, Or, for lack of a better term, in general. Yeah, exchange a soul for a soul. Yeah. Is is what they say. Yeah. Again, play the long game, stay there and make yourself fall in love with the uh, Red Skull, and then throw <laughs> him off. Yes. yes. No, it's a soul for a soul, but you also have to love the soul, where it's not a sacrifice. Yeah. But, like, it's dumb. <laughs> Want to talk about the other Smurfette, who now has amnesia when everyone else has had five years of character development? And by amnesia, I mean she literally hasn't experienced it now. That's, that's yeah. the Gamora that exists in the MCU, and I guess... Uh, Griffin said that the Guardians 3 maybe could take place before Infinity War, so then we wouldn't have the issue of Gamora, who doesn't know anyone. Well, so I th- no, I think Guardian 3 is going to be the hunt for Gamora. I think that's pretty... Oh, like the original Gamora, not this fake no, Gamora? No, that's tw- no, that's the thing. No, 2014 Gamora disappeared, and now... Yeah. I think Quill is going to try and find her, and, you know... I mean, like, she, she, she is, them. like, secretly good, at least, right? But she doesn't yeah. know these characters. She has no, no relationship with them. Nope. But it's going to be about Quill getting his girl back. Well, maybe like That's Quill crazy. can start from scratch and not like fuck everything up. And here's the thing. I, I, a garbage human who actually finds let the past die, kill it if you have to, to be a compelling thing for a morally gray character to feel. Uh-huh. Uh, Nebula killing herself for her sister literally what? killing herself really did work for me i really like I, I was i, I was profoundly loved, moved by that moment i loved nebula the whole movie when, the, when you only nebula. have two yeah. main female characters in your movie and when both of them have agency they choose to kill themselves it's right. a little suspicious yeah yeah um, um i know on a theoretical level her fu- her past is her future or whatever the fuck it is but she literally killed herself in the past i don't get it I don't understand this time She killed travel. herself in the past in the future, so it doesn't count. The, what, what does that actually mean? Yeah, it means what does that, that mean? like, <laughs> the past, like, the characters who come from the past into the future, that becomes their present. Like, they are now living in the present. The future is their present in the same way that if you went to the past, it would be your present. Okay, so... But if you are not existing in the past anymore, how can you the do past- any of it? No, it's the it's, past it's, still it's happens. Divergent, yeah. In the past, past. Uh-huh. So it's an alternate timeline. But like for the characters that are in the past who never time traveled at all, like you time traveled, but like old Gamora didn't, or like old Nebula like, didn't. Like new right. Nebula time traveled, but old Nebula she never time traveled. So how can she have a future or a past or anything? Like just, so, how can new well, Nebula exactly, well, again? Who has this time is the question where it's like you know. If you ask a theoretical physicist about your subjective experience of time travel, it makes yeah. sense when you apply it to a narrative. Maybe theoretical physics doesn't make for a very compelling movie. Yeah, maybe this is, this is why soft sci-fi is a thing in the first place. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and, and here's the, like, I understand why, A, it had to be a time heist in order for them to get out of the hole they'd written themselves into in the first place. I think that it was a fun idea, like, you know... The revisiting all of the old movies and stuff, like, yeah, there that were a was lot fun. of laughs there. It was great. I mean, the it whole thing fun. where he's like, my name is Howard Pepper. <laughs> yeah, yes. that was good. Potts, Potts, Potts. Yeah, Potts. 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 yeah, yeah or, Potts. you know, <laughs> Steve fighting himself, and then 
getting out of it by saying Bucky's alive, which again, weird how that's his favorite person, but anyway. Also, yeah. Hail Hydra. All of that was fun. Oh, that Hail Hydra thing that was kind of cool. It, the Hail Hydra thing was kind of cool, but like the, 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 I understand how from a, from a writing standpoint, if you are going by back to the future rules where every change you make affects the future and you get Biff's casino and people disappearing from pictures, I, mean, I understand I, I how... Like, there's a reason why that works the best in movies. Yes. Well, well like, I also understand how if they'd chosen to do that very sort of literal classic version of time travel, they would never would have gotten out of the second act of the movie. Well... Like, because yeah. it would be constantly, every time, you know, after Loki escaped, it would be, we have to find Loki or else, you know, for example. Mm-hmm. So, like, I get it, but then when you choose to then flaunt your we're not like other girls version of time travel by, you know, bringing forward past characters into the future, regardless of whether or not your, your thinking is scientifically sound from a narrative standpoint and a plot hole standpoint, your audience is not going to accept, well, they both happened. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Like either Steve is an addict husband who lets AIDS happen and lets his friend be tortured for seven decades, or he's not. Like, either either Nebula goes into the future and is killed, or she doesn't. Having both of, you know, having Schrodinger's plot is really hard to then build whatever the next non-infinity, whatever phase four is going to be. Once you've introduced, this is why Joe Rowling you know, destroyed all the time turners in Order of the Phoenix. Because she yeah. realized when she introduced the concept of time turners, she had to destroy them all or else it would fuck everything up. Well, right, you know? but what if one of them wasn't destroyed and then we get the sequel play or whatever the fuck? <laughs> right. Cursed Child. Right. The, now's, you know, now's, not the time. now's a great time to talk about Death of the Author. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will say I'm just super annoyed. Oh, yeah, by the way, Professor Hulk's just the thing happened off screen. You know, I will say I really enjoy Professor Hulk, though. I, I enjoy like, Professor Hulk. I just feel bad he didn't get a movie. Right. That's Here's, true. Well, the thing is, he 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 did get a movie. It was just the you know the terrible one. But I, I liked <laughs> I the when you have a cast of this size doing things like what they did with Bruce, which was give him a character arc from Ragnarok through Infinity War, where he he couldn't turn into Hulk where now in Endgame he is Professor Hulk. Like, you know, the fact that they can can give their sort of ensemble characters multi-movie arcs without giving them standalone movies, I think is one of the more impressive and distinctive things about Marvel movies that make people... Unless like you're fucking Black Widow, which in case you should just have well, your own thing. movie. <laughs> they do it inconsistently. Right. Yeah. It, we know that it's yeah. possible for them to do it, they just do it inconsistently. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, well, we are almost at an hour and a half, so I have to say, <laughs> you know, We're really, this is how they wrote themselves out of their little corner. Uh, that, yeah, it's a thing that happened. Why this corner? Why did they have to write something that was going to have to be undone like this? Wasn't why? it in the comics or something? Well, why this event? There's lots of comic events they could have pulled from. Why did they mm. do Civil War? I don't know. I mean... They liked the idea of half the population disappearing, and I guess they wanted to play with that, because that's kind of the only thing they kept from it. Like, they kept the Infinity Stones as the concept, but Uh Thanos' motivations are totally different. 
So yeah, why didn't Thanos want to fuck Death? Yeah, like what? I, <laughs> or Hella? I would I'm have just gone really for struggling yeah. with why this is what they picked as their first outing. Is it is it that big of an event that it probably is? But like, what were they trying to say? I don't know. And that's where I'm kind of like, my view experience is a two because I don't have any answer for that. I think it may be that they thought that this was the easiest way to establish the changing of the guard because you have so much possibility for death or characters not returning or... But they all, like, except for two of them, they all returned. Uh... Well, I guess Loki didn't either. Right, Loki's but... off doing his spinoff series. But they've created space for a lot of the... For, like, fatigue, for, like, exhaustion, for, like, people to just, like, go away and retire quietly while also creating, you know, killing off certain characters. It just, I I don't know, maybe they thought this was the easiest way to do it. Like, a big event like this where there is, like, a significant possibility for death um, and to get that kind of, at times, overly literal and ham-fisted, like, like, changing of the guard. Like, there were a couple of moments in the final battle that were literally, like, here, let me hand you the symbol of, <laughs> right. of of like the superhero-ness and now you have it. And now get all it, the girls guys? do it. <laughs> you have you get it. Yeah. It's like football. Mm. I'm passing you the ball now. I think there's a lot to be said for the fact that though obviously there have been many stumbles. This is still <sighs> Iron Man too. the closest anyone's gotten to replicating in film the feeling of what it's like to read a comic book. And that's, you know, not always I don't know. Coherent, usually comic but books are like three feet thick. But, the, but, the, but where I think the... Where the onus is going to be on, on all of the new creators in the next saga is comics have a much more fluid sense of continuity mm-hmm. and a much more lenient feeling for oh you didn't like this part well you can just ignore it it's not like it you know if you don't like what happened to x character wait five minutes yeah (laughs) in a in a in a film franchise the things that happen happen and you You, have to deal with it yeah right that's the thing the the sort of casual disregard for the canon you don't like is much more than we'll write a fanfic about it as opposed to in actual comic books where the comic books themselves may just call takebacks. Can they give us and alternate timelines, maybe? They may. Well, I mean, you know, we already know that we're going to get, you know, the there's going to be the, the animated What If series, and the first one is going to be if Peggy got the serum and, and Steve was her sidekick <laughs> with the Howard suit. So, like, it's not like they're afraid of those, but that's the thing, like... No one's ever gotten this far adapting a comic book before. Everyone yeah, else true. has given up. Because yeah. a big part so of being like, a uh, comic reader is also, oh god, why is there another event? Now, now we have to have them pulled off of whatever just happened. Well, but yeah. how do we? How do we? I think you know to kind of wrap things up. How do we feel about the idea of even making an event comics? Movie? I hate it. Like, oh my god, I hate it so much. I like the franchises being in their franchises where they. Yeah, make I mean, sense. like they they. They've improved a lot since the first Avengers, where it was basically just, like, random people standing in a circle in a cool shot <laughs> that had, like, nothing to do with each other. Because, yeah. like, now they actually have a history since then. Well, it was also really bad around then, and more profoundly, more profoundly, more um, obviously with Ultron, when you've got Joss Whedon kind of writing everyone the same. 
Yeah. So I think it helped that like different creators gave them different voices. There actually are differences between the characters and they're not just all slightly smirking, funny protagonists. Well, I mean, it, it, to me, it depends on what you mean by if, if by event movie, you mean, oh, we're going to do secret invasion now. Oh, we're going to do civil war now. Like, uh, I guess mashups, collabs. Well, that well, yeah, like, just don't make Magneto a Nazi and I'll, I'll be fine. Well, the thing, what makes the MCU fun is, you know, from the from the from the moment that like Coulson was talking to to Tony, and then he was like, "Oh, I got to go to New Mexico now," and then it's like, "Oh shit, Mjolnir's there!" Like <laughs> the, the what they've managed to do to make this feel like a coherent world where all of these people are happening at the same time. Yeah, they, they've gotten a lot know. better because I remember right. just like like the way they were trying to set up Avengers and Iron Man two just like pissed me off. It like really detracted from yeah, a movie that forgot did. to have a story in the first place. <laughs> I can't disagree with any of that. I'm, I really uh, hate Iron Man 2. <laughs> it's grown on me now. I feel like Iron Man 2 works a lot better in hindsight than it ever did at the time, which is damning with faint praise. Yeah. <laughs> and I love Justice League kind of stuff. I like DC basically like Gothamverse things too, when it's the extended Bat family. I think it can work. It's just... I don't know. Maybe the biggest issue that MCU has in my mind is they don't have their best characters in it. Still. Like, the X-Men not being in here are yeah. a problem. Well, that's well, not There's change. also the thing where, now, well, yeah, Tony's unsnap brings in a lot of room for them to be like, oh, Tony made mutants by accident. You know, like, they can just do <laughs> shit like that now that's if they true. wanted to. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If they tried to do it before and just tried to be like, oh yeah, mutants also were here this whole time. Isn't there like an X-Men franchise going on with Sophie Turner that I have not even noticed? Yeah, they're remaking yes. Last yes. Stand for no reason. Yeah, listen, I'm... The the true Hail Mary of this summer of franchises is Dark Phoenix. Because, like, if somehow out of literally the ashes of Game of Thrones and Endgame, <laughs> Sophie Turner manages to have a coherent dark phoenix it, it will be like a fucking miracle so i'm like kind of rooting for it to be unexpectedly very good because like mm. can you fucking imagine yeah, yeah but boy is true. that a plot line that should that should say in the 70s but, like, like to be clear yeah. it won't be it will be bad no. <laughs> but like yeah i just i'm not i'm probably the wrong person to like answer the whole idea about like event comics movies because i i don't I'm not invested in the the fandom and I like I read comics but I don't read a lot of mainstream comics. I read a lot of independent comics that mm-hmm. don't do like big events. Um I have been reading one comic that has a lot of crossover stuff in it and I find it really frustrating actually. Because mm-hmm. um, there's all this like other like stuff you have to read, you know. <laughs> right. Like- and that that tends to be how I feel about yeah. like events, these kinds of big events both in comics and in and the film adaptations thereof is like I, I want to be able to take a film without having to know all of it, which was which was my experience watching this movie. It was like I'm watching this movie, and I feel like at least half of this movie doesn't make sense to me, or doesn't mean anything to me, because I don't know all of the history, and I feel like I shouldn't have to. Like I should be able to go into you know watch Endgame and Infinity War. Um, Infinity War and Endgame and, and still have emotional resonance when I watch it and not feel like, like, 
good lord, now I have to go watch like 10 other fucking movies in order for this movie <laughs> to mean anything to me. Yeah. Like, I don't like feeling that way. Yeah. It's very frustrating for like, I understand, and I get why it's really resonant for invested fans. And I think that's awesome. I just feel like there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a way that they can balance like the investment and an ability for casual viewers to walk in and not feel like half of this movie doesn't mean anything to me. And now it's three hours and I feel like half of that movie could have been cut because (laughs) it doesn't mean anything to me. Like, there were some really good moments that meant something to me, even though I don't know those characters. Yeah, because, like, the actors are good enough to pull that off. Because the actors yeah. are good enough. And I, like, that, that's always my struggle with movies. And there was, like, like, with, like with stuff, the stuff with Ant-Man towards the beginning where they, like, established his relationship with his daughter and stuff. Like, you really didn't have to know much about All Ant-Man I to kind do of... I see her turn into... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I didn't see Ant-Man, but, yeah. like, his reunion with his daughter made me emotional yeah. because I, that's a human story yeah. that I could connect to. But there were several moments that I was like, I don't, I don't <laughs> actually feel things about this because well, I don't feel like it was well, told. And the in thing like is a- now that we're going to, so we're, there's going to be, yeah, four Di- Disney plus series. There's oh, going good, to be, yeah. so there's going to be Falcon and winter soldier, uh, which I really hope they rename it Captain America and Bucky just to make me laugh. <laughs> Uh, and then there's going to be, there's going to be a Wanda and Vision series, which Vision's dead right now, so that'll be interesting. There's going to be a Hawkeye series, which they're going to use to introduce Kate Bishop. Um, and there's going to be a Loki series. Is and he so, going to be in jail? Is well, it going to be a have prison to let that series? One go, Julia. <laughs> no. And so the thing is, now that they're continuing to sort of fracture off and splinter, you know, unlike something like Agent Carter, where, like, it's just backstory. You know, yeah. you don't have to watch Agent Carter in order for the movies to make sense. And in the case of the, seventh, the know, second season, you really shouldn't. Very true. But, like, especially with, you know, if Sam is going to be Captain America now, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier is required viewing for any future Captain America movie, Oh, that's a good point, yeah. To make sense. And so, you know, you can take this the very cynical view of like, well, they're just doing that in order to get people to subscribe to Disney plus, uh, because of what Gresham is describing, which is this feeling of like, you have to, to, to buy a ticket to all of it unless it, or it won't make sense. They do but, that. Like, remember when shield tricked us into seeing dark world? <laughs> <No. sighs> yeah. I'm I'm going to have to cut us off here because I holy shit have to edit a po- another podcast. Right. Game of Thrones season does not stop. However, guys, let us know in the comments on thefandomentals.com where we're going to have this posted. What you think of event comics? Yay, nay, maybe. That didn't rhyme. Uh, you could also tell your friends about how awesome the fundamentals is, if uh, you know, or the fundamentalist is rather, uh, albeit a bit infrequent. <laughs> but that makes it more special, right? We don't yeah. want saturation like people have with these Marvel movies and it's and like the a required fun surprise when it suddenly shows up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's about it. Um, thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's always just such a blast to catch up with you. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, thank you for coming back and joining us. Uh, I'm a little smugly happy that you weren't just so happy with this movie this time. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, 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 I had it coming. I was going to fall off the high horse eventually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any closing thoughts I missed? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm Carly, I don't know Black how Panther you expect- 
Oh, I am so yeah. excited for anything Black Panther and Spider-Man was like the Spider-Man movie was good. So I have high hopes for that. I, I really like this Spider-Man iteration. I, I don't know that he's a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man if he's going far from home again, but okay, fine. Do it. Go to Europe. I'm making you stop now. You have to stop. Okay. 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 I will stop. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And we will talk to you at some point. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Rapper is married. I still can't believe it. Yep, it's a brand new world. But there's one thing that teachers should never ever do. What? 